This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Stephen Berko helps us out understanding what's going on in Ukraine, Kyiv to be specific. He's got a new career. He's a lawyer, finding and training lawmakers to help strengthen Ukrainian democracy. Plus, he gives us some reaction, his personal reaction, to the brutal drone strikes on Kyiv that have happened over the last week or so. What is the biggest Canadian pop song of all time? Test your knowledge on Canada's favorite radio game show. It's the pop music edition of Game Showy. Plus, are you okay with toothpaste and so much more? Well, thank you very much for being here and being a part of the Shift program. Since we started talking about it, 877-399-9898, Talia played the flute. Ryan played the sax, the tenor, just to be clear. Um, so there was a suggestion, should there be a shift band? Okay. So that makes me wonder if you, if you, we were going to put together a shift band, what would be your job? Would you be the, um, would you be the sound person? Would you, would you play an instrument? Glenny, uh, in the schwa says he would play the cornet or the, uh, or the trumpet is what he would do. And, um, Sandy man from Cochrane says I would be the obnoxious trumpet player. So if that's what we were going to do, what is it? The instrument that you would play 877-399-9898. That is our phone number for you. And it's time for us uh, to connect and head and chat to our friends over in, uh, Ukraine. So let's do that. This is the shift with Shane Hewitt. Oh, there we go. Just arriving at the door just in time as we, uh, start the conversation. He's joining us. He's, uh, not only a lawyer and so much more. Uh, he is also the uh, handsomest mustache in Europe. Um, it's been a very, very busy couple of, um, a uh, couple of weeks here with everything going on in Ukraine. And uh, I did want to talk to Step, and we're going to celebrate. There is a new job thing. I'm assuming that that's what we're, we're going to be allowed to do um, uh, once we get the phone connection going on here. The Internet's looking a little slow. Uh, it's been very busy. There's been drones everywhere. There's been um, drone bits falling into things, causing fires. And then there have been a few uh, that have gotten through. So this makes this makes things complicated for the citizens of Kiev. Now, it's it's remarkable the resilience that comes with that, and it's remarkable about all of the, um, you know, I guess the normalcy that comes with it. And this is where I really want to tie together those bits of the um, conversation that 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 kind of makes sense here. It's fascinating to me uh, that there is so much normalcy and step, and it's it's interesting that it's interesting step in that how we were going to. I was going to ask you about the normalcy, and then uh, here you are, and you've you've sort of changed your careers. You're getting into a little bit more of mentorship. I'm still inside law, uh, but there, there's this element of normalcy that's going on inside Ukraine where people are changing jobs, moving their careers forward and pushing things forward. Are you finding that with other people too? Yes. I mean, it's it's been like, I don't know, 15 or 18 months already. Uh, no, 15 months since, since the start of the large-scale invasion. And uh, I think People just uh, have have to come back to to some things that uh, that happen in normal life. Of course, if you if you if you see some other opportunities that uh, you think you you would uh, better to explore and show your best experience and expertise, why not? Or should not be an obstacle. At the same yeah. time, war is still going on, and it, it affects all of us and our decisions and how we 
how we work. So it's both. Yeah, fascinating. Well, congratulations on the move. You're going to be uh, mentoring new generations of law students. Is that what this is? Uh, I, I'm, I am responsible for shaping uh, a new law program at KU School of Economics. This is a new private university at KU. Um, and my job is to find, uh, to find lecturers, teachers, professors, mm. Mm-hmm. to organize the program in a way that would much more b- benefit the students. To my, my intention is to make the program, uh, so to say, more uh, broad-minded, for, for the, I mean, wider for, uh, for the students so they become more broad-minded, but also to have some practical skills. So I'm responsible both for the content and for, 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 the, for the professors. And uh, I'm, I'm eager to, to have this challenge, and, and I hope that I can deliver. Hmm. Uh, it is interesting to me when I look at your employ- previous employment, and you, you, you've taken on the stand of ad- advocating for, this is very simply put, so forgive that, but advocate, advocating for the law and the future of Ukraine and making sure that the old corruption world USSR style gets flushed out. There's still some of those people around. All of those laws are there, judges, lawyers. It's got to be a moving democracy and the law forward. And then you move into this world for this school of creating this program. That leads me to believe that maybe there's a view that Ukraine needs more integrity around the law and it needs more lawyers that are willing to, to fight this good fight. Is that true? Yes, I mean, uh, at the foundation with my colleagues, we always were saying that uh, legal education is number one priority uh, uh, because if we don't have good young lawyers who understand the purpose of being a lawyer in modern democratic society, then it's very complicated to have some decent changes in judiciary because uh, we, we don't have enough lawyers with a Western democratic um, view of uh, the purpose of uh, the judiciary. And that's why we keep, we keep having problems in, in this sphere. So I would say that uh, I have shifted the place where I am trying to make changes, uh, but I have not shifted the, the general uh, sphere. That's cool. I like your worst, your, your use of shifted. That makes me happy. <laughs> uh, must be a little nerve wracking, though, making this move in the middle of everything that's gone on the last 15 months. I mean, it, you had a great job. You worked with a great team of folks. And, and, you know, that's not easy. You're also a dad. So you go through that whole home life thing, too. Um, exciting, I'm sure, but probably a little bit nerve wracking, all things told. Of course. I mean, uh... This, I mean, times are not easy, uh, and uh, to tell you the truth, uh, I mean, we were planning to launch this law program uh, months before the full-scale invasion. I was supposed to oh, teach amazing. a class there, and of course, of course, in February 2022, everything changed, so no major plans. And, uh, you know, now uh, I decided, and uh, the colleagues who, who at, at the Key School of Economics who whose idea it was to launch the program, 
they decided that now it's time to come back to this to this plan to this uh, uh, to this uh, law program, and uh, I thought that uh, yeah, I have to do it. Good for you. Good for you. That's fantastic. Okay, Stepanberko is in Kiev. Um, hey, look, man, it's been it's been raining drones. Really, uh, defense systems are catching most, but there's still parts and bits and junk falling from the sky. A couple of drones getting through. Safe to say that maybe some attempt to distract from the future uh, battles in the east. It looks like Russia's doing everything it can to try to you know um, distract from that. And Kiev has been the focus. How you, how you hanging in on that? Yeah, this was a tough month, to tell you the truth. I mean, every day or two, or even every day, we're having night um, attacks with uh, not only drones, but also ballistic missiles. Just today at night, two children were killed and a mother in Kiev uh, with the debris falling from the skies. Uh, so, yeah, of course, the, the anti-aircraft and the rocket systems are working, but still people are dying. And it brings some sadness to to everyday life, but we have to cope with it. I mean, there's no other way to, to, to stop this war as, uh, as to fight. And uh, of course, I think Russians are trying to change focus. They're trying to put pressure on Ukrainian leadership, political leadership, and also on, on our nation, because they believe if, if they put enough pressure on us, on ordinary people, then we somehow can, can, can convince our leadership to, to, to stop fighting, to stop negotiating. But it seems to me that it works absolutely different direction because people are getting more angry. Uh, people, the, these deaths that we see every day uh, make us even more confident in the fact that we have to fight. I mean, the, the e- evil cannot be negotiable. You cannot negotiate with evil. And um, yeah, it's been tough, but uh, it seems that people kind of got used to it again. So yeah. trying to sleep at night, if you can't have a sleep at night and you, you're tired through your workday, but still uh, most employers are below you. They, they understand that people are tired. So, yeah, I think more empathy between people towards each other. It is interesting to, to sort of look at that view, right? I mean, uh, a year ago, we, you and I spoke, and, and we said, uh, we really hope this never becomes normal, right? And then at the same time, a year later, it's become normal by essence, and that it needs to become normal in order to make sure that everybody moves forward. So it is interesting how the perspective over the course of the year, maybe we grow up, grow up a little bit, but the perspective has certainly changed. Yes, it, it has become normal, and it's something that makes me feel uncomfortable uh, because uh, it's not normal. <laughs> it's normal in the short perspective, but uh, we have to do everything to stop this war, stop Russia. And uh, I'm happy that Western democracies uh, are united uh, in their efforts to help Ukraine send some weapons. Uh, But we also have to come to some political decisions as to how to protect Ukraine and Ukrainian people the most. Uh, I think there's no other option than NATO membership. And I hope that the leaders of Western, Western democracies will eventually come to this decision because it seems that there is just no other option.
Uh, when you, these uh, drones sort of fall from the sky, proximity, to, you don't have to reveal, of course, where in the city you live, but, I mean, how close uh, are they, have these things been to you? Have they been really close? Or maybe, I don't know, would you do drive time? I'm not quite sure how you'd communicate that. But from your perspective, when, you know, these things happen, how close have they been? I mean, like different uh, neighbor districts, so not very far from me, like, I don't know, half an hour walk time. Uh, but uh, at night, uh, when entire aircraft systems are working and when the drones are exploding or rockets are exploding, it's loud, despite the fact that you may, it's not, it may not be very close to where you live, but the yeah. sounds are, are very loud. And uh, I'm trying to make sure that my kid uh, is not bothered by these sounds, but um, yeah, not always uh, successful in this. Um, yes, it's it's stressful to tell you the truth. It's stressful, uh, even though we're kind of used to the fact that uh, the the rockets, uh, the entire aircraft systems are working. But still, still, it's every every time it's stressful when you hear these sounds. Yeah, can't do anything. Well, you shared that um, sending your child to kindergarten was obvious, uh, often the scariest of the moments, right? Trusting that everyone else was going to, you know, take care of him the same way that you would. Um, when you see these stories and, and these families that are getting affected by this literally down the road from you, uh, that must really bring that up. And I imagine as a dad, that's a that's a tough one. That's, you know, you don't want to live that nightmare, that recurring nightmare that happens. Uh, you don't want to see it happen for real. So I, I acknowledge you. I mean, you sound like you're, you sound like you're staying strong in it, uh, Stephen, but I mean, to me, uh, that's what I see the most. I mean, I think that's amazing, dude. I don't know how you do it. I mean, I have no option. <laughs> I just do what I can do. I hope for better. I pray. I hope that God protects me and my family and then what happens happens yeah, it's you hard. just have to accept it yeah uh ukrainians getting anxious for this um spring or summer offensive it seems to be a, a slow in the kick start uh, you know i'm sure they've got all great reasons and things are happening in the background but uh what's the general tone around your colleagues and your friends does everyone get a little anxious for to get things moving I think that in media and social media, people are anxious, and I think it's something that uh, it's like a, not a good thing because it's not it's not a soccer match or football match. It's war and it's bloody, uh, and um, those guys in in military that uh, are posting on social media, they're asking everyone to everyone to be patient and to understand what's the cost of these of these counter-offenses. Uh, it's, cost, it's costing our lives of our best people. So, of course, everybody is anxious to, to see some liberate, liberated uh, territories and see some liberated people because it's not about territories, it's about people and atrocities that happen there. But everybody has to keep in mind that uh, it's going to be tough. Nobody, uh, the, the success is not guaranteed. Russians are, there are many of them. They have many of uh, ammo and uh, instruments to fight back. I hope that they are not successful. And I believe that our armed forces, uh, they're preparing 
And you know, if you're if you're facing a, a big fight, you have to prepare. If you start uh, sooner than than you have to, then you won't be successful. Uh, we also feel this pressure from the foreign partners. Of course, everybody wants to see Ukraine successful, especially if uh, Western democracies invested much money and uh, uh, and efforts to to help us. And I hope we will deliver. Yeah, me too. Uh, Stephen Berko joins us from Kiev. Congratulations on the new job. And if anybody's looking for a law school, just saying, maybe that's where you go. Thanks for being here, bud. Yeah, thank you, Shane. I also called to um, Canadian law professors. If you want to help us with teaching some uh, okay. online courses, go to Kiev School of Economics, K-S-E-U-A, and then you I can find it. all the information and contact me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll post that up on our Shift Heads page for you, too, brother. Always happy to support you. Thank you so much, Thank man. you. Thank it's you, wonderful. Shane. This is the Shift Podcast. Well, we have a very special guest with us here. Kelsey Campbell is off this week, and so we uh, we had to go into the bullpen. And we're very lucky because uh, normally we'll have Ben O'Hara Byrne, for example, step in. To, to play this role and fill in on Game Showy. But in, instead, we have Ben O'Hara Burns' boss here, which is uh, Talia Miller. Let's be honest. Uh, Talia is the one who keeps it all put together. Oh, it's so hard. It is, right? <laughs> so Talia is in um, downtown Vancouver and uh, filling in for Jono. Ryan O'Donnell is in downtown Calgary. I'm Shane Hewitt. I'm in the town of Didsbury today as we broadcast and get ready for this little segment it's time for Canada's favorite radio game show. That's right. It's time for Game Showy. It's a game show on the radio. We are going to our way through mucho pointos and have some fun with Talia Miller and Shane Hewitt battling out for pride and more. Here's your host, Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, thank you, Bob. What's popping, everyone? It's time for some pop music trivia. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a musical round of game showy, and it's going to look, Talia. This is your first time, so I'm going to read the rules. But it's not just for you; it's for everybody because it's aggressively simple. Pay attention. Okay. Our contestants. That's you, Talia. Just so you know. Oh, thank God. Okay. As well as Shane. Yeah. You guys are going to pick a question and a difficulty of said question. Now, today, we're playing for Grammys, because who doesn't want a trophy shaped like a gramophone? Now, oh, I thought you meant Grammys. Never mind. No, like, no. I mean, let's be honest. I kind of wish... Well, no, I have one grandma, and she's perfect. But, you know, like, grandmas are awesome. But... You'll have to do with Grammys. Uh, so, yeah, one Grammy would be an easy question. Three would be a hard question. Now, if you get it right, you will hear this. Oh. Literally. That's fun. Pop, pop music. If you get it wrong, you'll hear this. You don't want to be... You don't want to be like that, eh? No. no. Now, we've got three categories to choose from on this fine edition of Game Show. We've got pop lyrics, pop stars, and pop anthems. 
we also have the text line special, which is a question for the shift heads and the shift heads alone. So get your phones ready if you're able to text 877-399-9898. Text in what you think is the correct answer. And one of these contestants will randomly stumble on this question. And if you are right, they will get two Grammys. It's big. So when we find it, it's going to sound like this. Very good as well. (laughs) Thank you. I'm particularly happy with that one. (laughs) Here's your question, my friends. What is the biggest pop song in Canadian history? This is the biggest best-selling song in the history of our country. What song is it? God's Plan by Drake. The Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Or My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. I did that rhymes. I've never purpose? noticed that before. No, I've never noticed that before. That's weird. Anyway, so yeah, text it in. 877-399-9898. What do you think is the biggest song in Canadian history? That's the rules. This is Game Showy. Let's do it. I believe it doesn't rhyme when you say it properly, Ryan. It's Celine Dion, okay, which is that's... not my heart goes on. Unless you say it like that. <laughs> okay. All right, fair. You got me. We are battling it out for Grammys. Ryan says one Grammy is easy, which is offensive to Grammys everywhere and everybody who's won the actual trophy. They'll tell you it's not easy. Bob? Thank, thanks, Bob. Although Macklemore did win a Grammy. So, uh, Talia, it's your first go. So... You get to go first. Where are we going? Ooh, Where, how would you me. like to start? You know what? I want to start with uh, one Grammy in pop lyrics. One Grammy in pop lyrics. We're going to start lyrics. off easy. Mm-hmm. I'm a little sleepy. We need to warm me up. Okay, let's do it. Uh, actually, this is particularly easy because if you were paying attention earlier, you will have heard this because it played on the show. Well, hey. here's a lyric and I need you to finish it for me. Okay. I met a strange lady. There, big whoa! Hey, it's one Grammy. So, like, this is still like you don't just give away. By the way, here's a clue. I come on. I was asking if I was paying attention, which I should be if I'm producing the show. Where's Trucker Dan? Where I need him. It's the easiest. It's her first time. Jeez, bringing out the chirps. Anyway, Talia, here's your question. She's smart, you know. I I know. Can I can I read the thing now? Can I read the question? Now? Well, actually, why don't you give another clue first while you're at it? No. Here's the question. Finish the song for me, okay? Mm-hmm. I met a strange lady. She made me nervous. She took me in and gave me what? According to Men at Work. Breakfast, marmalade, lunch, or love. What is the correct answer? Oh, all of those would make sense, but I know we did just play it. And I mm-hmm. was, you know, I think I was paying attention. Gosh knows, but I think it was breakfast. Breakfast. An Australian breakfast is correct. Yes, that is the right hey, answer, Talia. Hey, look at my one brain cell working. Yeah, so, hey, down under. Do they, that was a big do song. they spell breakfast with uh, only one A in Australia, too? Or how does that work? Are you cheating and looking at my answers? No, Did I you have your questions right there. Yeah. It's right there. Oh, you can see I wrote breakfast in the thing there. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, uh, I don't care. It's breakfast. It's it's delicious. I'm more focused on eating it than spelling it. Well done, Talia. One Grammy for you. 
There we go. All right, so it's my turn. The categories are pop lyrics, pop stars, pop anthems. And, uh, okay, well, normally uh, Kelsey goes for the jugular here, and, uh, you know, I'm still here to win. So I'm going to go with... um, I'm going to go with pop stars for two Grammys and uh, be kind, but still, you know, okay. want to win. Okay. Uh, this is this one was actually kind of, this is an interesting question. I'm, I'm curious what you'll guess, Shane. Mm. Who is the youngest solo artist with a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100? Is it Taylor Swift, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, or Billie Eilish. Uh, well, Billie Eilish has been fourteen for like seven years now. <laughs> so pretty much, yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift was pretty young, but I don't think that she was that young when she had her number one hit. Talia, I know that you're probably chomping at the bit of that one. Michael Jackson, because when you listen to Ryan read the question, this is how we anticipate Ryan. He was like, "Who is the youngest solo artist?" Uh, that's kind of the tell there, because Michael Jackson was in the Jackson 5 when he was super young. In fact, he was like a runaway kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so there's a lady by the name of BJ, and she uh, was um, uh, married to, oh, man, what's his name? Canadian. That's terrible. Way to go, Shane. John anyway, from Toronto? Uh, no. Um, anyway, they produced the records for Jackson 5 and a bunch of stuff. And um, Oh, that's so bad. How could I forget that? I'll get to it. Anyway, um, and, and he was a runaway. They used to have to lock Michael Jackson in his room um, when they would go places because he would try to run away from the family. Yikes. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no joke. Anyway, uh, that was a group thing, and so solo artist has got to be uh, Stevie Wonder, Ryan. I'm going with Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Well, no wonder. That's correct. Yes, he was just 13 years old. 13? Yeah, 13 in 1963, the single fingertips number one hit yeah mm-hmm. very good david foster way to go shane well, well, well done the well only done. like the most iconic in history and i forgot his name i met him he's a nice guy he just i forgot his anyway it happens a big boat i'm on a boat <laughs> all right talia you're up you're down one grammy shane's ahead by one mm-hmm. okay we gotta beef it up then a little bit don't we mm-hmm. all right we're gonna go for um, pop lyrics for three Grammys, please. Ooh. Pop. Oh. Okay. Well, in what song does Taylor Swift sing? Oh, come <laughs> on. Crap. Uh, we're, I was really hoping Shane would stumble on this one. Uh, the question is, in what song does Taylor Swift sing? We're happy, free, confused, and lonely at the same time. Do I'm not All even going to read yeah I'm not even going to oh. read the options. I'm assuming you can tell me right now. The Smiths. <laughs> Close Shane. Um it is the song called 22 off of 22. Red. Yeah, that's correct. Off the album yep. Red. Wow. My favorite album. There you go. Listen carefully. Um you can hear the toilet still filling. Oh, I was wondering if that was the. I what was wondering. They're just fixing the washroom down the hall, so I was I like, that. "Is that yeah. happening?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "It's extra." All right, loud. so um, we've got uh, three, four to two right now, right? Four to two, James. Okay, so I'm gonna have to go for three. I think I'm gonna have to go for um, pop anthems, pop stars, pop lyrics, pop anthems for three Grammys, please. Give me three Grammys. Big money, no <laughs> okay. Grammys. Big money, no Grammys. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, this is interesting. Okay, uh, Taylor Swift's biggest song, oh, no, is without a doubt "Love Story." I would say that's the most iconic. Mm-hmm. But what love story song from 1982 has had the biggest resurgence in recent years? Ooh. This is not a Taylor Swift question. We'll throw a curveball for you. Is it to- "Africa" by Toto? Don't you want me by the Human League? Physical by Olivia Newton John or Let's Open Arms physical, by Journey. Physical. It won't get physical. Uh yeah, I had it on forty five, dude. It's gotta be Toto Africa. That's the beautiful story. Uh, dun 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 that's correct. You got it. Yes. Oh. I love that song. Now the biggest song, those are all from eighty two, but uh Physical by Olivia Newton John was the biggest song that year. It would spent like ten weeks in number one. But this song is a bit of a meme with young kids, and Weezer did a cover of this in 2015 or 16, I believe, or it might have been a bit later than that, and then it actually brought this song back up on the charts more so than the cover. So, yeah, I love this song. It's amazing. Yeah, it was not very Weezer-y, was it? It was strange. Okay, well, uh, there you go. You're ahead by one Grammy. Okay. Alia, where are we going? So I've got one free heavy hitter question left, and the text line special is still yet to be found. Hmm. Let's, you know what? We're going to try pop stars for three Grammys. Pop stars. We got to go. We got to go hard. This is a good, okay. There's some audio that goes along with this question, Talia, but just be ready with it, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when to play it. Okay. Now, we're going to one-hit wonder territory for this Ooh. question. No. Lou Bega is known for one song and one song only, Mambo Number no. 5. Now, that song is considered by some people to be the worst pop song ever, but other people like it, and some people, like me, think it's really terrible but kind of fun. Mm-hmm. In this song, Lou talks about all these people that he wants to sleep with. All that, like, it's just basically the whole song. How many different people does Lou Bega name in this song? Five, six, nine, or 15? Oh, my goodness. 15? Okay. Um, He's busy. He's hot on Tinder. You know what? I feel like I kind of screwed myself over because I don't can't even think of this song right now. I feel like it's oh before my. my time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Don't. No. Dun, dun. With the okay. help, stop already. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> oh, I'm. I feel you put five and like that's just one difference. And then you got nine and fifteen. You know, it's a tough Ugh. question. Three Grammys. I'm thinking. This... I, my gut is telling me six. Six? Yes. Six is incorrect. I am sorry. Now, oh. Shane. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a little mean. <laughs> Shane, you have five seconds to steal this. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I just remember it was a whole lot of different women, so I'm going to go with 15 because it seems like the right thing Ryan would do. 15 is also incorrect. <gasps> Now, we're not no. done here. I'm also the sh- not the sharpest tool in the shed. Talia, okay. if you got it correct, there was a bonus round, but I'm going to give you this chance to answer the bonus question. If you I get it right, already. I will give you the three. However, okay. Shane, I would like you to know that if Talia had gotten it right, fix. if she fix. had answered it correctly, she would have had the opportunity to be declared the instantaneous winner of this episode <gasps> of Game Showy. 
This is, without a doubt, the hardest like question I have ever asked on Game Showy. So, Talia, here's okay. your challenge. Can you name all nine women in Mambo number five? Oh, God. I can't. I just need to remember the song. I don't even remember the song. Oh, no. Oh, right. can I? Okay. Um, Emily. Emma. Okay. Rosie. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, maybe there is like a Mary or a like. Mm. A there is a Mary. Jessica. A Mary. There is a Jessica. Oh no! Oh no! This okay, is a bad I'm so sorry. Names here. I'm so sorry. This is Talia. a bad idea. <laughs> let's let's play it. Let's play a little segment of it, and let's find out who Lou wants to spend his 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 time with. You can hit that clip. I grab. Oh, this song. Erica. Tina, Sandra, Mary, Jessica. Can I have like a part of a Grammy? No. I'm so sorry. Just, like, no. Like the bottom half of the Grammy. I'm so sorry. That's not how this works. Even on your first go. Shane, oh, try. your yeah. turn. What? Oh, to pick one. Your turn. Um, I okay. Um, okay, my turn. I'm going to go with uh, pop anthems for two because for um, two. Why not? We're going to try to t- we're going to try to put this home now. Pop anthems for okay. two. Okay, let's see if you can seal the deal. Well, I'm sorry, it's not up to you, Shane, because it's actually up to the mm. listeners because you just found other text line special. Ooh. <laughs> That's so good. Okay. The question for the listeners, I'll give you one last chance to text it in. 877-399-9898. What is the biggest pop song in Canadian history? The options, God's Plan by Drake, Summer of 69 by Brian Adams, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, or My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Celine Dion. And I will say the text line is divisive. It is divided in half. Oh. And I actually need to do a bit of a count here because it is so close. Yeah. Two, three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have six for one of them. Mm-hmm. And I have, oh, I have eight for the other option. Now it's between My Heart Will Go On and The Summer of 69. And it looks like just coming in now, slightly ahead is My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. And that is not correct, Shane. I am so sorry. It is not. The second most texted thing was Summer of 69, which is correct. That is the most downloaded, most sold, most played song on Canadian radio. What do we have here? Uh, for Shane, score? That's, yeah, well, you're still ahead by one because both of you got those wrong. <laughs> oh right, okay, all right. Well, it's uh, it's Talia's turn, and Talia's and, turn, and it's you. It's up to you. You get uh, one left in each category: pop lyrics, pop stars, pop anthems, and we are five four. So you can get two in pop lyrics, go for the win, or one in the other two and uh, go for the tie. Talia, oh, man, that's really tough. Mm. She's gonna try I'm... to cut my throat. Yeah, let's go for two Grammys pop lyrics, please, and thank you. 
Yes. Two. Okay. Let's see if you can do it. Candle in the Wind by Elton John was the biggest song first? No. of the 1990s. Right. Played by Elton John at Princess Diana's funeral. Finish the lyric for me, Talia. Your candle burned out long before your legend ever blank. Did, will, be, or end? What is the correct lyric there? <laughs> Come on. Your candle burned out long before your legend ever be? <laughs> Uh-huh. These are hard to make. You want these are hard to make, man. The lyric questions. Right. I will I will I will admit that the B one that one definitely was not great. I will yeah. Feels a little So there you go. Your options are did will or end. Yeah, that was dumb of me. How will this <laughs> No. Definitely as I was reading and along with that question, I feel like it's did. That just makes the most sense. They lived mm-hmm. in ever end what might make sense too or will, but did is what I would put if I was writing this song. I don't know this song either, so. Well, hmm. this song is it's first written for Marilyn Monroe, actually, really? not by Elton John. And uh, it's the same in both songs, and it is did. That is correct. <laughs> Talia, you just sealed the deal, my friend, and you just, you just spanked James. Uh, there and redemption and for Kelsey Campbell redemption. and oh. for Kelsey Campbell the winning streak Shane is done you were on a roll there well it seems like all the hints help when you give them to the new girl <laughs> this has been another episode of game showing remember never invite people to your game show because they kick your butt what a bad idea. Ay, ay, ay. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you? Are you? Are you? Okay. 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 Are you okay with? 877-399-9898 is the phone number for you to contribute to this little segment of storytelling and questions. Things that make you ponder just a little bit. I'm Shane Hewitt. I am in the town of Didsbury in Alberta today. Ryan O'Donnell is in the city of Calgary, downtown, and Talia Miller is filling in for John downtown Vancouver. Are you okay with... Teeth paste. Teeth paste? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Sometimes I like... Sometimes my lip gets stuck on my teeth. Teeth like the dogs, Yeah, yeah. It, you got to get the right flavor, and you know mint is fine. But maybe, maybe Talia, you remember this? Do you remember the like white, red, and blue toothpaste that you'd have as a kid that tasted <laughs> like candy? Like it was yeah. dangerously good, and it was like you wouldn't eat it, but you would think about you it before your you teeth spit like it out five times a day yeah. with that stuff. It was very yeah. motivating. And it would always, it always, it had a particular texture to it. And I just before the we came back, I looked it up, and I was like. Is it still available? And I can't find it anywhere. No. Uh, Brush your teeth with sugar. You know, Mel has, um, this is how you know you're old, when you're willing to brush your teeth with black toothpaste because it's got charcoal in it. Oh, the charcoal one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've heard that that's that's really good, though. I don't know. If she wants to try it, though, I I found the toothpaste. Bubble Mm. mint, it's called. Oh, really, eh? That might be it. Yeah. That might be it. 
candy. Nothing says good times like candy. You wonder why your generation needs an incentive to vote and everything, right? Like, you guys needed toothpaste. You couldn't even brush your teeth. You had to have an incentive to brush your teeth. What? It tasted better. It's not like, oh, back in my day, we brushed our teeth with rocks. No, like, you know, if it tastes good, it tastes good. Because mint is so terrible and so hard to just somehow stomach the minty flavor of toothpaste. It's spicy when you're little. It's too spicy. spicy. Yes. Thank you. (sighs) Everyone else getting the feeling that I'm getting ganged up on here by the millennials? My God. Anyway, moving on. Hey, okay. Well, that does not make it better. Um, a BC man really needed some toothpaste, and by some, uh, we mean too much toothpaste. Mounties on the North Shore have arrested a man who allegedly stole $2,100 worth of toothpaste. Officers from North Van RCMP were near the North Van Superstore on Friday for an unrelated reason when they suddenly noticed a man running out of the store's emergency exit being chased by staff. Officers caught up with the man and arrested him and returned that toothpaste. The detachment tweeting... We think he was trying to make a clean getaway, but was unsuccessful. Wow. Um, so there you go. $2,100 worth of toothpaste. Bet you had a great smile in that mugshot, though. Well done. Yeah. Uh, speaking of thefts, a BC couple had a couple of weird thefts this week. And um, uh, police in Saanich are hoping to identify a man who allegedly stole $600 wheel of Gouda cheese from a grocery store. Speaking of saying cheese, police in Saanich asking for the public's help to solve a crime. They're hoping someone can identify this man who allegedly stole a $600 wheel of Gouda from a grocery store. If you can anonymously tip them off about who the culprit is, they will hook you up with a cash reward big enough to put together a very impressive charcuterie. Oh, that's pretty good, too. I'll give them credit for that one. It's pretty good pretty good it's it's uh yeah it, it is a it's a big i don't know how you move it like it, wheels of cheese are heavy like how do you transport that i, don't know. I imagine it like the fast and furious probably just roll it right ball. probably just roll it out the door <laughs> okay yeah or it's a wheel jeez i am <laughs> oof, geez, oof, that was not my oh jeez. this is the moment where my mom would say it's a good thing you're pretty <laughs> Are you okay with Al Pacino? Bless you. Al, Al, bless you. You know, I haven't actually watched enough Al Pacino movies. Like I've seen Scarface ages ago. Obviously, The Godfather. Um, but he's uh, like I, I would go De Niro over Pacino if I had to like wow. pick one or the other. Yeah, I, I if I if I had to. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've never seen Donnie Brasco. That's one movie that I need to see. And I still haven't seen The Irishman. That's a movie. You have to see Donnie Brasco and you have to see The Irishman. Yeah. I'm not even a movie guy. And I've seen those are two of the best of all time. So take that. Um, Al Pacino, Talia, what do you got? I think I've watched half or like a little bit of The Godfather, but the Mm -hmm. one where it's got like the horse's head Mm -hmm. in the bed. And then I was like, I'm out. Yeah, and that was it. Me. That one was kind of <laughs> gross. Yeah, that one was kind of gross. I'm with you. Uh, we can soon. You can say soon. Say hello to Al Pacino's new little friend. A baby. He's having a baby. Al Pacino's girlfriend has announced that they are having a baby and she's pregnant. 
Also, she's 29 and he's 83. A rep for the star confirms to E.T. that the 82-year-old actor and his 29-year-old girlfriend, Nora Alfala, are expecting their first child together. And according to TMZ, Alfala is currently eight months pregnant. The Godfather star and Beverly Hills-born film producer have been linked since April 2022, after they were pictured having dinner together in Venice. But sources tell Page Six that they actually started quietly dating during the pandemic. With one source sharing, Pacino and Nora started seeing each other during the pandemic. She mostly dates very rich, older men. <laughs> well, she has succeeded here, hasn't she? <laughs> very much so. <laughs> she usually dates. I think they have a name for that. <laughs> Don't they? No? I thought they did. I really thought they did. Although, I got to say, I mean, I don't want to make fun of them too much, but, um, you know, that they were seen at a table. She was seen feeding them at a table. I thought that's kind of where that was going to go, but I don't know. She take my money when I'm in need. Yes, it's a trifling friend indeed. Oh, she's a gold digger. Way over town. That digs on me. Oh. When your friends say it. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't know. Maybe they're in love. I love love, so I'm going to vote for love in this particular case. Go love. Go team love. 83. Good work, buddy. It's a bit like... Oof. Still got it. Uh, that was from E.T. Canada, by the way. TMZ reported she's also previously dated Rolling Stones frontman Mick Jagger. She's 29. Uh, 2016, he became an eight-time father at 73. He's not the only Hollywood actor to have the uh, above-traditional age who recently announced becoming a dad, Robert De Niro. Also, a uh, close friend of Pacino told E.T. Canada this month that he just had his seventh child at 79. Everybody's doing it. Good for you. <laughs> I mean, hey. Too. Yeah. Yep. He had a baby. Yeah, he did. Yeah, with his uh, – his wife is in her 50s or 40s I oh think. that's amazing but jeff goldblum probably looks 50s would be amazing um you know hey no if i mean if you're if you've got the um i say it gently pizzazz to uh and stuff then then you you go team hell yeah fertility I mean, look, I mean, making babies, it's a beautiful thing. I, I just, I struggle with the, I, you know, the, you, you can't be around long, right? But, I mean. Would you so want a screaming, crying bigger. baby at 83 years old? I just, like, I feel like I'd be done. Do I have a hundred million dollars in the bank like these guys do? That's true. That's true. I would imagine you could afford to be a little bit more hands off. But would you want to? Like, it just seems like a, an immense amount of work and stress for. Uh, They're not doing much work, buddy. Yeah, no, no. But just think about it. You got a nap time, buddy. They can take their naps together. Aww. I no, and I, I as much as I joke, I mean, I think it's great if that you know. I think babies are beautiful. I think I hope it's love. I hope it's love. Just, but I'm skeptical. I think that's all right, eh? I'm skeptical. Are you okay with dance shows? I 
Okay, this is weird. Like the TV shows? I never liked them. About? Yeah, like dance TV shows, okay? So mm. I never watched them when I was younger because I was like, ugh, dancing's for girls. And then I did musical theater. I was like, wait, this is actually, there's some, they're onto something here. Uh, mm-hmm. And I never really watched any of the TV shows. And then Laura showed me a couple of them. Like, you know, you've got like you're dancing with the stars, but then there's uh, Pose, which is not, it's, it's not a, like reality. That's just a scripted show. And and yeah, like it, it's fun. It's great. It makes for mm-hmm. great TV. I'm cautious to ask this. Talia, do you watch the dancing shows? I used to. I used to take dance back in the day. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Kind of dance. Tap, jazz, ballet, and hip hop. Jazz hands. Very good. That's very busy. You were very oh, busy uh, as Shane. a young person. Hmm. Shane, on this one, uh, skip the first clip. Okay, skipping the first yeah, clip. Am I reading the, the first oh, yeah. part or no? No, I just skip it. Uh, yeah. All right, so those kids were good. <laughs> it was some kids. It was some kids from a TV show, and uh, there was oh. a part that in the clip that uh, when I listened back to it just before we went on, uh, has not aged well and needs a little trimming. I'll put it that way. I see. Yeah. Very good. Yes. Well, those kids, yes. uh, they were good, but they aren't the only ones trying to strut their stuff on TV these days in Sweden. Two celebrities were performing on Swedish version of Dancing with the Stars. Uh, and the show was interrupted. A climate protester has been taken out by a camera rig during a popular reality TV show in Sweden. A man and two women stormed the stage of the show Let's Dance during its live finale. They threw yellow powder across the floor while holding a banner that read Restore the Wetlands. But as you can see there, a jib operator quickly smashed the male protester in the face with his camera before security took him away. The show, as they say, went on with the dancing duo not letting it get in their way. I love it. Okay, that was from News 10 Now. This is the actual sound that was heard when the camera hit the protester. That was it? <laughs> no, it's a joke. It's just, oh. it, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get the video. And okay. put up at shiftdesk.ca and edit that sound in because it is oh, funny. so funny. It, it's right. it's I, very good. See, love it's, it. It's perfect. It's very good. I love it. Uh, okay, uh, that was a joke. <laughs> Ryan wrote that in there for me, just in case I missed it. Um, the other activists were probably removed from the dance floor, and one was knocked over by the camera arm. The two dancers seemed unfazed by the interruption. They continued their routine, and they played second. Behind YouTuber Hampus Hemstrom, Hedstrom, Hedstrom, Hampus. My name is Hampus. Hello. My name is Hampus. I think that's a great name. Anyway, uh, good for you. Uh, protesting. Yes, very important. Time and place, friends. Time and place. Also, consider a helmet. Just saying. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. 